Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Hi everyone, I'm Michael, lead pastor here at Salt. Great to have you with us uh, this morning here at church. Um, some people are excited that I'm growing a beard, but you probably know me well enough. Um, I'll get some nods of heads there from bearded men in the congregation. Um, yeah, that's right. But I live in a female-dominated household who are brutal about honest feedback. I left this morning to these words, you've really let yourself go. Um, but that, that wasn't as bad as going to the dentist this week. And the dentist said to me, um, your teeth are healthy, but you've got chips on your teeth uh, and you need cosmetic dental work. And she pressed me on it like it was a moral issue. (laughs) And she said, "Uh, we can do it, but there's a limit to what we can do for you. (laughs) So yeah, I've been humbled. (laughs) Um, I'm going to pray that we are humbled this morning. Um, So let's ask God to humble us. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would humble us before your mighty word. Uh, Lord, we want to hear your voice. Uh, We want to respond in a way that pleases you. Help us uh, to do this this morning and help me to speak faithfully and clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have a look at this photo on the screen and tell me whether you remember this man. He was in the news about four years ago. So his name is John Allen Chow. Uh, He was a 26-year-old American missionary. And on the 15th of November 2018, he hired a fishing boat to access North Sentinel Island in the Bay of Bengal off India. And from his fishing boat, he paddled in a kayak alone towards the shore. And what was his mission... His mission was to bring the good news of Jesus to the most remote and unreached people in the whole planet. That was his desire, that was his mission. And he wasn't able to speak their language, so here's what he he said. He yelled out, my name is John, I love you, and Jesus loves you. And at that, the natives shot arrows at him, Uh, they were hostile towards him. Uh, at that point, they, were, they, didn't, they didn't hit his body, they hit his, they, they hit his Bible, hit his kayak. And then Chow, he makes a hasty retreat back to the fishing boat. Uh, and then he has to weigh up that night, what is he going to do the next day? Is he going to return? Is he going to risk his life? Uh, or is he going to abandon this mission? And the next day, he, he attempts to go to the sh- ashore again. And this time, sadly, the arrows pierce his body, Uh, he's killed uh, and the natives drag his body uh, along the beach and bury him uh, in the sand. Now what do you make of this guy John Allen Chow? Uh, Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Or is he just plain stupid? Uh, I don't even remember this story but they were the kind of ideas that were circling around at the time. Um, did he get what he deserved? Um, should the natives of North Sentinel Island be left alone to live their lives? Um, 
What, what do you think? Um, think about that for a moment. Maybe 30 seconds, talk to the person next to you. Why? What do you think? And why? All right, let me, let me bring you back. We'll come back to that story later, but think about us for a moment. Think about us in Wollongong. Many people in our city would just like to be left alone uh, and not spoken to about Jesus. Um, they're actually quite happy living uh, without Jesus as Lord. And thankfully, as we invite people, uh, as we pray for people, uh, we're not being shot at with arrows. But sometimes there's hostility, isn't there? Um, sometimes you really get the impression they don't want to know about it. Uh, and here's the question for us. Should we leave the people of Wollongong alone? Uh, we've got a vision, we've got a prayer, we want to see more disciples, we want to see new people become followers of Jesus. Um, this week we've got lots of opportunities as we invite people to Saltfest to start that journey. Um, come and, as Alicia said, come and enjoy some community with us. Uh, Thursday week we've got Life Series Starts. Come and explore more, in more detail what is this all about, who is Jesus. Uh, a bit later in December we've got the Community Markets we're inviting our community into. So you think between now and Christmas, there's lots of ways in which we could engage people, lots of, lots of things to invite our city to, but should we just leave people alone? What do you think? Well, here we are in the final chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, here is the end of the Unstoppable series, uh, if you like. That doesn't kind of make sense, doesn't it? The end of the Unstoppable series, but it's the end of the series. Um, but... <laughs> Here we are, the last 15 verses, uh, and I reckon I want to take the opportunity to reflect on what, have we, what has God taught us uh, over these weeks and even over these years as we've dipped into Acts and gone through the whole book. Uh, actually, a lot of those themes are here in the last part of the book. And the first one is, uh, let's remind ourselves what we learned, the purpose of Acts. Um, so Luke is the author of Acts, uh, what's his purpose in writing this book? Uh, we've seen it the whole way along, but remember that Acts is volume two, volume one was Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so what did Luke first write? write? He, he wrote the, the history of Jesus, his birth, his death, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And the beginning of Luke's Gospel, look, at, look on the screen, look at what he's purposes. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. See, see Luke's purpose is very clear, isn't it? That you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. Uh, I'll summarise this way. That you, what's, why has Luke written Luke and Acts to foster certainty in the story of Jesus? Now, I say, I, I use the word story really cautiously because it's not the once upon a time kind of story, it's history, isn't it? Let me show you historically what happened, is what Luke is doing. Uh, this is not myth, this is not legend, this is real places, we saw that along the way, didn't we? Real names, 
uh, real interaction with world events. There's so much historical detail in Acts that could only be gained from eyewitnesses. We've seen that the whole way along. And it's not like Luke has sugar-coated the journey of the Gospel either. We've seen that too, yeah? Uh, there's plenty of obstacles along the way. There's plenty of, of opposition to Jesus. Uh, there's plenty of people, uh, as Luke is well aware, and Luke would have experienced himself on the journey, plenty of people who are not a fan of Jesus, uh, who think Jesus is a dangerous liar, a blasphemer, a troublemaker, a con man. But then there's Luke and the apostles and a growing number who say, we are convinced Jesus is God's awaited King, He's the Messiah. And what do they keep doing? They keep pointing anyone who will listen back to the history of Jesus, to the facts of Jesus' resurrection. They argue, they persuade, they spend time to anyone that would listen. Jesus is the risen King, promised centuries before in the Old Testament. And you see it here in the, in the, in the last few verses of Acts where are we at? Paul has finally got to the city of Rome. There is the epicenter of the ancient world. Uh, and he spends considerable time persuading people about Jesus. Let's have a look down in verse 23 of chapter 28. Verse 23 says, Paul witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. That's what he's always done. That's what Acts is all about. And what's their response in verse 24? Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. Do you notice um, it says there, would not believe? I think we meant to pick up there, this is willful refusal. Uh, Luke wants us to know the evidence for Jesus is completely reasonable. He's laid it out. But many of the Jews refused to believe. Uh, not, not for lack of evidence, but out of irrational prejudice. Have a look down in verse 27. This is what he says to them. For this people's hearts, you in the audience, has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. They have calloused hearts. Have you ever seen someone's calloused hands have you ever seen someone who works with their hands um i won't show you my hands because they're not calloused <laughs> i don't work with my hands in that way um but they they are they they've got a thickened layer of skin on them designed to protect these guys have a heart that's become thickened shielded, protecting them from God's word, such that they don't want to know about the things of God. It's become calloused, how tragic. And the same thing happens today, doesn't it? Many people reject Christianity, they've hardened their heart towards Christianity, not because of lack of evidence, but in spite of the evidence. One of the reasons we run our life series are Alicia mentioned it earlier, we want people, the same as Luke, to know the certainty of the story of Jesus. That this is grounded in history, that there are, there are good answers to our questions. 
So what are we doing at life? We're, we're just putting some of the big questions about life on the table and we're letting people explore how does Jesus answer those and look, there's good reason to trust Jesus with your life. Uh, check it out for yourself. Uh, what are we doing here every Sunday? We're actually we're unfolding the Bible chapter by chapter to see, look, Jesus is real. Jesus is the risen King. He offers life. His story is compelling. And yet there's, there's always going to be two responses, isn't there? There's going to be people who are listening, give me more, I want to know this, this is the best news ever. And there's going to be people with calloused hearts. Hardened hearts. Uh, it's, one of the, it's, it's the reason we're doing Saltfest, to get people to think about the journey, come on the journey uh, to discover who Jesus is. So there's the first thing, to foster certainty about Jesus. The second thing we've understood from Acts is God's program. What's God's program? God's program is that the good news of Jesus must be preached to all nations. It must go out to all of the ends of the earth. Um, so flick back with me to Luke chapter 24, the first volume. So you've got, you've got, to, you've got to go back uh, one, oh, sorry, a few books there, um, back before John, back to Luke and chapter 24. Have a look at verse 44. So Luke 24, verse 44. Jesus said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. Notice the word must. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. It's all about me and it must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And what, what that, is, that has just happened. And then what is to happen from here on? Verse 47 and now repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The good news must go out to the ends of the earth. Verse, verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Can you see what must happen? And then what did happen? Acts chapter 1 talks about starting with Jesus sending out the apostles with the good news and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's what the whole of the, the book of Acts has been about. It's about this good news centred on Jesus spreading throughout the Roman Empire and then to the ends of the earth. Uh, what is that good news? It's, it's a message. We've just heard it from Jesus, haven't we? It's a message about repentance. Turn to Jesus, he is the risen king. Turn to him before it's too late. And it's also a message of forgiveness. Come and be forgiven. Come and be restored with God, the one who made you. Come and be now confident that God is pleased with you. Come and join his family. Come and be welcomed in. That's the good news. And so what do we get? Back to Acts chapter 28. Flick back to Acts 28. What do we get right uh, now at the end of Acts, the book of Acts? What is Paul doing? He's proclaiming this good news in the city of Rome. 
Uh, he's proclaiming it in the very city that will make it spread to the Roman Empire and then to the ends of the earth. That's what's happened. Have a look down at verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house. This is a beautiful verse. And welcomed all who came to see him. Can you imagine that? He may or may not have been under house arrest. We don't know. But there he is in his own rented house, welcoming everyone who would come to his place. And what's he doing? He proclaimed the kingdom of God, verse 31, and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And do you notice what happens next? Turn with me to the next chapter. Turn to Acts chapter 29. (laughs) How many of you are doing it? What do you notice? There is no Acts 29. But have you heard heard Acts 29 before? Acts 29 is actually a worldwide church planting movement. And can you work out why they called it Acts 29? It's it's a similar network to FIEC, the network of churches we're part of. Uh, Wanting to plant new churches, wanting to see new disciples made. Why do you think they called it Acts 29? It's because Acts is the unfinished story, isn't it? It's because where do we sit in Acts? We've been working this, trying to work this out all the way along... There's similarities with us, with the Apostle Paul. Sometimes there's there's things that are unique to him. Acts 29 is where we sit. We're part of the continuing story because Acts is an unfinished story. See, there's so much that Acts doesn't tell you, does it? It doesn't tell you the story that 200 years later, the Roman Empire became Christian. Even through the terrible persecution and slaughter of Christians, Christianity spread across the Roman Empire to become become the dominant belief system. It doesn't tell you how the uh, the story of Christians flourishing in China through decades of atheistic communism and religious oppression. It doesn't tell you the story of how the gospel came to our nation doesn't tell you the story of how the gospel came to First Nations Australians. What a wonderful story that is. Next Saturday, uh, as a country, we're voting on The Voice. Can I say, it seems so good to pray for this, uh, to pray that we make wise decisions uh, for the sake of our fellow Australians. Uh, Really great, even this morning, to pray for better outcomes, just merciful outcomes uh, for First Nations people. Um, I don't know about what your experience of of the debate's been like, but I feel like it's been a respectful debate. I've certainly felt that across our church. Uh, Maybe that hasn't been your experience. Uh, In the wider community, it feels more respectful. It feels like we've had a conversation rather than calling each other names, but maybe I I certainly haven't seen every debate. And reflecting on it, so much to be thankful for, isn't there? Uh, There's so much more to be done, but God in his kindness has brought us so far in 200 years. Of course we want to go, we we want to see things improve. Uh, But praise God, we're at this juncture where we are concerned, and we have been for, for a long time, Australians are concerned that Indigenous Australians have a better life, uh, that are not so disadvantaged. 
Uh, and praise God that the vast majority of Australians do want one nation, do want genuine reconciliation, want better outcomes for all. There, there's, a, there's a Christian uh, view right there, isn't there? And it's no surprise, and as you, the further you go back in understanding um, equality for Indigenous people, the more you realise it's led by Christian people. So I don't know whether you know, NADOC week was started by a Christian leader. Uh, it's right back in the roots of Christianity, uh, right back in Genesis. We're made in the image of God. We are equal before God. Uh, we, we, everyone deserves respect. All of which means next Saturday, what are we doing when we're voting? Well, Christians will vote, will vote both yes and no because we're voting on a solution a proposed solution to a, a problem that we all agree on, I would have thought. Um, so the yes and no vote is not pro-Indigenous people and against Indigenous people. I think that's a terrible misread. Uh, it's, it's saying yes. So yes is saying the answer is a voice to Parliament via a change to our constitution. And no is saying, no, we don't think uh, that is the answer to the problem that we agree on. And so some of us will vote yes, some of us will vote no. We, we are a church of yes voters and no voters, uh, a church that welcomes yes voters and welcomes no voters. But can I say, whatever we do, let's not stop praying for First Nations people. Uh, this issue won't go away next Saturday magically, whichever way it goes. Um, so we do need to keep praying for... Uh, their ongoing well-being. But here's a unique contribution that we make if you're a disciple of Jesus. Let's keep praying that they continue to hear and respond to Jesus. Um, And let's let's keep praying for Indigenous churches and Indigenous Christians all across the nation uh, living as followers of Jesus who love the fact that the gospel came to their community however many generations ago or however recent that is, they love that. And Acts doesn't tell that story because it's still going, isn't it? Acts hasn't finished. In fact, Acts doesn't tell the story of Salt Church, that that 11 years ago, Salt Church was planted. It doesn't tell the story that new disciples have been made even, even this year at Salt because the story of Acts is unfinished. The program of Jesus, the mission, remains unfinished. It continues. And Jesus wants you to be part of that story. How would you be part of Acts 29? Well, there's two ways, isn't there? One is become a disciple of Jesus, recognise Jesus as Lord, turn to him, be forgiven. And take, the second way, and take the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Take the good news of Jesus to the people of Wollongong. There's how we're part of Acts chapter 29. But third thing, how do we do this? We do this in God's power. Um, So this is the spirit-empowered gospel we've seen in Acts that is unstoppable. Um, So look at, uh, think back with me now to Acts chapter 1 again. It's on the screen. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the, this is the story, the history of the spirit-empowered gospel in an unstoppable way going out through people empowered by the spirit. And so you get phrases like this throughout Acts, Acts chapter 4, they're all filled with the spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See what happened? Uh, or, or again in Acts 4, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit. Um, sometimes I hear people draw a, a wedge between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. I don't know whether you've, you've experienced this. Um, sometimes I hear people say there are Spirit-filled churches and then there are churches that are big on the Word. There are the churches that are Bible-centred, if you like. Uh, so Salt Church, I would hope people would say, is a church that's big on the Bible. We want the Bible to be at the centre. But other churches, people would say, they are big on, they focus on the Spirit. Which is always incredibly troubling, isn't it? Because unless we are filled with the Spirit, we are not a genuine church. We are not God's church. And on the other hand, if, you're, if the Bible, if God's Word is not centre, if that's not what we're listening to and directed by, we are not God's church. See, God's church must have both God's Spirit and God's Word at the very centre of its being. That's who we want to be. Uh, it's right throughout the Bible. In fact, the word Spirit in both Greek and Hebrew, Old Testament and New Testament, just means breath or wind. It's the idea that when you speak, your breath carries your words. You know when you get in that conversation with someone and you just get a little bit too close and you feel, I'm feeling your breath. (laughs) Um, God's word is breathed out from him. When God speaks... His breath, His Spirit carries His Word. And so you see the Spirit and the Word go together. It's what makes God's Word powerful. It's not just a word. The Bible is not just a book. It is God's breath. God speaking via His Spirit. Uh, It's how He made the world. God created the universe as He spoke by the Spirit. He spoke it into being, let there be light, and there was. And now uh, in Acts, he speaks powerfully by his word, the good news of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit to recreate people, to bring people to life. And so it's, it's not word or spirit, it's God's word empowered by the Spirit. And so that's why in Acts you get all these, these things like this. Acts chapter 6, so the word of God spread. That's the work of the Spirit. Uh, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Uh, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So as you think about the, the book of Acts... What genre would you say the book of Acts is? What type of literature would you say the book of Acts is? What what type of book is it? 
you want to say history, don't you? It's absolutely history. It's the history of the gospel going out to the ends of the earth. But I reckon we want to classify it also as biography. Now, whose biography do you think it is? Is it the biography of the apostles? Is it the acts of the apostles? Is it what the apostles got up to? Kind of, although you lose track of them, don't you? Peter falls off the scene, Luke comes in and out, and here at the end of Acts 28, Paul, you're kind of left with so many different questions, doesn't, don't you? It doesn't, doesn't finish, you know, what did he do next? Did he get released? How was he killed? It doesn't tell his story right to the end. Um, now, I want to say that Acts is, is part of the biography of Jesus, part of the biography of Jesus. Have a look with me in uh, Acts chapter 1 again, up here on the screen. In my former book, Luke says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do, to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven. Do you get that? I wrote about what he, all, what he, what he began to do. What's the implication? Now I'm writing the book of Acts to tell you what he continues to do. Uh, now that he is seated in heaven. Now he is the, the risen Lord Jesus. Here's what he's doing. And so you could say, the acts of the risen Lord Jesus. That's a, probably a better uh, title for the book. The acts of the risen Lord Jesus through his spirit empowered word. Through his spirit empowered word. Uh, have a look at uh, 2 Timothy. While, while Paul was in Rome... It's likely that he wrote Timothy. And have a listen to this, what he says. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. God's word is not chained. Jesus is the risen king. He rules. His kingdom is breaking new ground. His word still has power by the Spirit, even though I'm in prison. Uh, what is it that Jesus is saying? Jesus says that it's actually He, through the Spirit, that empowers people to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus. And so, this is what we should expect in Acts 29, in us. Expect Jesus to empower you to speak about Him. Expect people to turn to Jesus and expect people to turn away from Jesus. Expect people to love you for telling them about Jesus and expect people to despise you for telling them about Jesus. That's the expectation, isn't it? Um, We often talk about how hard it is to share Jesus with people. But remember, Jesus is the risen King. His mission is still going. We're part of that mission. What is it that we're we're proclaiming? It's this good news of Jesus, empowered by His Spirit. People will come, people will refuse. Um, Even through you, even through your prayers, even through your invites. Even when it looks hopeless. even Even when it looks like Christians have been defeated. It's always been this way. See, We've seen it all the way along, haven't we? Paul's never been on the dream run. <laughs> Things have always gone badly. 
And it continues. And so when Paul writes Philippians, let me read this to you, Philippians chapter 1. He says, now I want, to, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So the worst of situations, Paul is trapped in prison, actually that has enabled the gospel to flourish. And so God's gospel, uh, by his spirit, will do its work and will even, God's spirit will empower you uh, with conviction, with courage, with clarity. Do you believe that? Do you believe that for today? Uh, As we finish up, let's have a look again at this, this guy, John Allen Chow. Uh, killed by the remote tribal people of North Sentinel, should the natives have left him alone? Well, I, want, I want you to listen to what he wrote the night before he died. Um, we've, we've got that. So he says, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to, to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to and I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand and I I can't wait to see them around the throne of God worshipping in their own language as Revelation chapter 7 states. I love you all. And I pray that none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. Now, whatever you you think of his wisdom, his motivation is super clear, isn't it? His heart is very clear. He's very clear that this is Jesus' mission, that he wants to be part of it, that he wants to bring the good news of people who need to hear it. Uh, He wants others to experience forgiveness, eternal life, to be there on that last day. And it all just says, doesn't it, how much easier is it in Wollongong? We're in very different situation. Should we leave the people of Wollongong alone? The answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Our city needs Jesus. He is the hope. He is the forgiveness. He is the salvation that people need. And so what has Jesus done? His mission continues... He's called us to be part of it, to bring this good news to each and every person in our city. Now, we need to be, we need to be wise. Of course, we need to be wise. We don't want to uh, generate unnecessary hostility and antagonism. But it does call us to be bold, doesn't it? And let me, let me finish by praying for that. Uh, and it does give us good reason, I think, this morning to, to be bold. Because Jesus is the risen King. That Jesus, it's actually Jesus' mission, it's his kingdom, it's his spirit that follows his word um, and it's, it's, it's in him that we are called to this great work. Um, so take courage, be bold. Let's pray for that as we finish.